Jesus, before he went to the cross, said seven words that just um, basically set up everything for us at this time of the year. And he said to the Father, not my will, but yours be done. And as the kids were up here singing, what were they singing the greatest gift was that we could give? It was us. And the, we're, the message that we're supposed to be going through this time of year was gifts and the gifts. The greatest gift, the absolute greatest gift that we can give is what those children were singing, where we say the same thing that Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. What did he say? Not my will, but yours be done. He laid down his life. And so when he went to Calvary and they tried to take his life from him, he basically said, you can't take my life. I've already laid it down. And I believe the greatest issue in all of our lives is we get enough yieldedness to get saved. But then as we look in the New Testament, even kind of brings us out, because almost two-thirds of the New Testament is about this, where our flesh still lives within us. And it still rises up, and we still keep part of our own flesh. And even Paul in chapter 7 of Romans says, you know, the things that I do, I wish I wouldn't do, and why am I doing these things? But it's the power of the Holy Spirit in them that changes, and it changes us. And so the greatest gift that we can give, the absolute greatest gift that we can give is yourself. Not your will, but his will be done in you. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and the Holy Spirit's been given to all of us who are saved. And he comes in power. And I love when the Holy Spirit is like blowing freely. And he's going to today in this body of believers. And he's going to flow on you today. And when he's flowing freely in a service or in a person, it's just like there's an overflow happening. And, and Pastor uh, Amy was saying that. Let there be an overflow. Let, her, let there be an overflow. She was prophesying that just before um, worship ended. But there's no overflow if the dam has been blocked, or if there's a dam in your life, and the flow of the river of life that is in you gets dammed up. Come on, I see this big picture of that huge, what's that dam in Colorado, that big Hoover Dam, is it, or something? Sometimes we put stuff, flesh, in our life that blocks the flow, and it says in the scriptures that out of our innermost being will flow rip the river come on, of living water, and it will flow out of us. So when the Holy Spirit pours the love of God into us, we are overflowing. And when we're overflowing, we're supposed to be touching that, and it's supposed to get all over everybody else around us. But when we have flesh in our lives, and when we don't give ourselves totally over to God, here's, here's that, remember that song we used to always sing? Um, I surrender some. I surrender some, some to Jesus, I surrender, I surrender some. You know, you guys all sung that song, haven't you? No? <laughs> not, not that one? Where's Amy or Crystal? Come on, can you guys play that for me? Well, they're both gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm kidding around, but what happens to us is there's a war going on. And when we don't give ourselves totally over to the Lord, things begin to block the flow. 
And I'm telling you right now, I see in the spirit that that flow is beginning to flow within you. There's beginning to be cracks in that dam that's blocking things. I see little bits of water breaking through. I see cracks begin to take place in your life. Um, I just call that forth right now in the name of Jesus. The flow of the river of life begin to flow out of you. Anything that's not of God, go in Jesus' name. I surrender it all. I give that gift to Jesus. Here's the coolest thing. You know what? The great exchange is, is we give him ourselves full of sin and sickness, disease, death. There you go. And then he gives us back all of him. And it's called the great exchange. And I don't get it sometimes. And I, I make the mistake sometimes of trying to take back in my flesh things of the flesh. When I could do a lot better, I think, with what he's given me in the things of the spirit. So there's this war going on in me between the spirit man in me and the flesh in me. And it's going on constantly. And until I realize all I got to do is give up and give the greatest gift that I can give to him. All of me. In exchange, I get all of him. And uh, Thursday, uh, Wednesday, we were praying up here, and Pastor Brenda was sitting almost in that same seat. And we began to pray for our pastor, and I saw in the spirit with an open-eyed vision that her hands began to be crucified, like Christ, where the nails were driven in. And then her mind began to be crucified, fleshly mind, when she put on... And it was put on her head, the crown of thorns. Her feet began to be crucified when they were driven nails. And this, I could actually see this taking place. Her side, her heart, when it was yielded over to the Lord, that piercing um, that happened to Jesus on the cross of his side. And the stripes. And it says in the scripture that we take up our cross daily. But... Until we understand that, until we lay it down. See, there, first there's crucifixion. Then there's resurrection. You can't be resurrected until you've been crucified. But what I saw begin to rise out of her as the holes in her hands begin to shine. The, the, all the cuts around her head begin to shine. Where her feet were um, pierced with the nails, began to shine, where her side, where all the stripes that she took, all the stuff, the crucifixion that was put on her, she, as she gave it away and as she crucified her flesh, she began to shine. And all of a sudden it was like the spirit man within her began to reveal itself. And this bright, shining image, and it says that we're to see no man after the flesh. Well, I believe me, I didn't see her after the flesh when she was shining like that. And then I began to see not just her, but other Christians and other people that I knew shining like that. And the Lord says, this is how I see them. And this is who they are in the spirit. They shine as bright as Jesus did on the Mount of Transfiguration when he gave himself and when he took off his flesh suit and he, and he shined. That's who we are when we give ourselves away. So why would we ever want to hang on to stuff in the flesh? You know, think about how silly that is. Really, come on, for me anyway, it's silly. Why would I hang on to something of the flesh and something of my life when he wants to give it this great gift exchange where he gives us everything of him?
an exchange. Again, I see in the spirit realm that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and he's not going to take what's not his. So anything you hold on to is yours. Now, if you want to hang on to your bad habits, if you want to hang on to your sickness and disease, if you want to hang on and make your own self the king of your life instead of Jesus Christ, you can. And that's where most Christians have their problem. The reasons why we're not transforming everything around us and just by, in the name of Jesus, boom, I touch you and you're healed in Jesus' name. And when I, I should have that power in me. Matter of fact, my hands are on fire right now. So anybody who, <laughs> healing in Jesus' name. Neck be healed in Jesus' name. The mind of Christ on you. Jesus' name, healing and health. Jesus, the mind of Christ. We should have that flowing through us because, again, it says that rivers of living water will flow out of our innermost being. I'm telling you right now, the greatest gift, the absolute greatest gift that any of us can give is ourselves. And it's not just some. The biggest issue with all Christians, every one of us in this room, the issue is, is are you totally yielded to him? Or are you living your life in certain areas of your life the way you want to? And until you release all of yourself to him, you're going to have problems. That's just the way it is. I'm going to be blunt with you. Your problems are your fault, and they're your fault because you haven't yielded. I'm, I'm telling you that in love. <laughs> but that's the truth, and you know it is the truth. Most issues in people's lives, I think it was Elizabeth Elliot said this, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I had it, and I threw it away. <laughs> but most people, the issues in their lives and all the struggles that they're going through is nothing more than an unsurrendered life. I'm going to say that again to you because I want you to get it. Most issues you have in your life, I'll say it this way, is because you haven't surrendered your life in that area. Now it's going to rain on the good and the just and the unjust. I'm not talking about circumstances that come into our life because he promised to take us through all circumstances in his power. And when he says things like, come to me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you my peace, my rest. And then we go and we get on Facebook and start complaining about all the junk that we're going through instead of going to him. Oh, we run to the doctor first instead of putting it on the prayer chain or, or calling somebody to pray with. And then after the fact, say, well, I went to the doctor and this is the issue I have. And now can you pray for me? I really don't get that, and I have a hard time with that. And I and I believe me, I have issues of my own that you guys can probably see better than I can, but that I have to deal with. But there's things that we have to get and understand that it's all about Him, and it's all about our yielding ourselves totally to Him. Every area of our lives, you are unstoppable. There's nothing that can stop you when the Holy Spirit's in charge and when you're lit up, <laughs> lit up 
because we are the light of the world, lit up by the flow of God in us, flowing out to touch other people. Again, how do you um, flow? Now, if you look at this bottle, it almost looks like it's full. But the way that it really flows and really when it's full is when it begins, you could just pour another one on it and it just keeps flowing out and you just keep pouring and it keeps flowing out and there's an unending flow that keeps pouring in and it keeps pouring out and that's exactly how we should look in the Spirit. That's what you should look like. The Holy Spirit should be pouring the love of God on you and it's pouring out of you and it's touching other people and he's continuing to do it because the flow is unending because the river that comes out of the throne of God has no end. Come on. And it should be flowing through you. But anytime you put a, a blockage in there of any kind, that's when it starts to slow down. It's unending and never stops. And it gets on people. That's who we are. Come on. How many of you want to get some of the love of God on other people? Here's how it works. The greatest gift of all. Give yourself to him. Let him have full control and let the flow of his river flow through you unstopped. Now, here's what your flesh is going to do. No, I don't want to. <laughs> no. That's my life. And I, I, I give stuff for God and I want to do what I want to do. That is called flesh. And that is called, in a nice way, disobedience. And even partial obedience in your life is disobedience. And delayed obedience, well, I'm going to get there sometime. I'm going to deal with this issue sometime, is disobedience. And those who are walking in disobedience have an issue with the flow. I want to flow in the spirit all the time. So I've got a, who is it, Rod Loy, that wrote that book? What's the name of that book? Immediate Obedience. How many of you have read that book in here? There's a couple of you that read that book in here. Please, great book. Get it on Kindle if you don't like reading. Get it where it can be. I don't think he has it where it can be read to you. Does he have it audible? But great book. And what, it, what he's basically saying is, is there anything in me that's blocking the flow of God in my life? And when God shows me something in his word, or when he speaks to me something, I'm not going to question it at all. I'm going to do it 100%. Now, how many could live that way? Well, I'm going to tell you something. All of us should be living that way. We should be. Do I live that way all the time? No. But the coolest thing is he says, take up your cross daily. I can go to him daily and say, show me. Is there anything that I am blocking your flow through me? Is there anything that I'm doing? And I lay that before you. There's something in a 24-hour day that God made that he made it for us because he doesn't have 24-hour days, does he? In eternities or 24-hour days. There's something that he did with us that's special that every single day we can come to him and take up our cross. Every single day we can have free flow of his spirit moving through us if we stay yielded that day. And each 24-hour segment that he gives us, it just break it down that way and flow in that. When you wake up in the morning, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I give myself to you. All of me, I give to you. Thank you for the great exchange you've given me, all of you. Lord, help me to walk in the divine encounters that you have for me today. Let me just flow in your spirit. 
When it gets to near afternoon, thank you, God. Is there anything I've done through the last few hours that have maybe stopped me from flowing in your spirit? Whatever it is, show me what it is, and let me get back within that flow. That's called, you know, sin is like really, again, I've said this many times, but one of the definitions is you're missing the mark. So you just ask him to get you back on the mark when you go to bed. Thank you, Lord. Is there anything that I've did through this day that I've gotten out of your flow, gotten out of your spirit? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lead me and guide me. Show me what you want to do through this vessel. It's that simple. And so when we kind of think there's more to it and we start getting religious and we start trying to do it by, well, look at this big scale that I got. I do a lot of good stuff. So after all, God's going to wink at or kind of, you know, the stuff that I have for myself, he's not going to be too concerned about it because look at all this good stuff I'm doing. I'm going to tell you it doesn't work that way. In the kingdom, it doesn't work that way. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you what the will of God is, and you've heard it enough. Pastor Brenda's said it enough. I've said it enough. But here's the will of God for you, very simply. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallow and holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And here it is in the King James Version. In earth. In earth. As it is in heaven. In Neil as it is in heaven. In Deborah as it is in heaven. In Anna as it is in heaven. That's his will for you. And the only way we can walk in that will is if we yield this earth to him so that heaven, the kingdom of heaven, would flow through us. It's that simple. You're not yielded, and so you're not doing the stuff. When you are yielded, the stuff flows through you. It's not something you do. It's done through you. The kingdom of God comes through yielded vessels, and, and it's in earth, in earth as it is in heaven. When we get that and understand that, there is nothing. Ain't no stopping us now. We're on the, what's that song? I can't remember. Never mind. <laughs> I'm into all those songs now. I still like that when I surrender some, though. We'll have to play that sometime. Um, Romans 12, 1 and 2. What's it say in Romans 12, 1 and 2? It says that we are supposed to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, which is our reasonable service. That's Romans 12.1, and paraphrase a little bit. But it's our job to yield the vessel to him, which is supposed to be our reasonable service, living sacrifice, we give everything to him. That's supposed to be reasonably done by all of us as Christians. But then he goes into verse 2 and he says, hey, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, metamorphosed, metamorphosed like a butterfly, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can do the perfect will of God or the perfect will of the one who sent you. I saw, and I don't, can't remember where it was. It might have been Bill Johnson video or something, but he said that word transformed in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that our minds are supposed to be transformed, metamorphosed, turned into like, like, a, like the cocoon and then the butterfly. We're supposed to be changed is the same word that was on the Mount of Transfiguration. The word be transfigured. It's the same Greek word. 
And that word is when God touched Jesus and his flesh suit come off. And when his flesh suit come off, he was seen as who he was. See, we're not supposed to see any man after the flesh. Remember I said that. So here we are seeing Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration being described. And it says that his clothes were like white, but that like white really means they were like lightning. So look at this, lightning shining and shooting all over Jesus. Lightning. His, his face is glowing and, and they could hardly look upon his face. Come on, it even pitched, it describes it in, in the book of Revelation. That shining face, eyes that burn bright. And so he's revealed of who he really is. The flesh suits off. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says that we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're supposed to be like that. Who we really are in the spirit, if you could see yourself, you're on fire. <laughs> you burn bright. You are like lightning flashes all over you. And in the spirit realm, that's what they see of you. Demons should flee because it's the spirit of the living God that's making this happen. We have the mind of Christ and everything that Jesus has. We're joint heirs with him, heirs of God, has been put within us. So everything that he is on that Mount of Transfiguration that he was when his earth suit was kind of removed and he, we see him for who he really was is who you really are. That's who you really are. So when you look at yourself in the flesh, I'm not supposed to see no man after the flesh. And neither are you. We should be looking at ourselves as how Jesus sees us. So when the flesh rises up and says, I have this appetite, I have this habit, I have this thing to do, I want to do this, I want to do that, I like this car, I like this house, I want to live here, I want to do that. That's all flesh stuff. And the more that we lay that down, and allow the spirit man to come out, is the more we begin to walk in destiny and purpose that is eternal, where the kingdom of God becomes manifest, and the kingdom comes, and his will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. And as we begin to walk in our lives as it is in heaven, we then begin to touch people by demonstration. I'm telling you, we know we owe the world a demonstration of the power of God. The world's not going to come through those doors much if we're not demonstrating the absolute power of God. He confirms his word with signs and wonders. We should not just be speaking about the word of God, but we actually should be demonstrating it in our lives. I should be shining bright that if somebody walked in here that had sin or something on him, I should be able to, boom, lay hands on him and bam. I mean, come on. Every one of us have that. And I know you guys probably have heard me complain and whine in the flesh. No, you guys probably haven't as much. I tried to hide it from you, but Deb has. <laughs> We've got to quit that because that's not who we really are. That's not what we were created for. I'm telling you, Jesus brought back the keys. And I'm going to close here. Um, I'm going to see if I can get my conclusion out of here. Maybe I'll close with, because i got some verses that I wrote down. And I want to just read these verses. They're Old Testament verses. Before I do, um, 
I just want you to think about that for a moment. Is there anything, anything in your life, anything that's hindering the flow, the free flow of the kingdom of God flowing through you? And if there is, yield it to him. Give it to him. Well, I can't do that. It's too big of a habit or it's too much of an issue. Just yield it to him. Just say, Holy Spirit, I can't do it. Can you do it through me? Holy Spirit, come. Here's a, an Old Testament story. It was about Jacob. Jacob was going to be called Israel. God had already seen him as he is. But Jacob actually means the deceiver. And that's what he did for most of his life when he was younger. As he deceived his father, stole the birthright from Esau. Deception was who he was in the beginning. And he tried to do all the religious things through deception. Now this is Israel. And a lot of times we try to do a lot of religious things through the deception of our flesh. That's called man's religion, not God's religion. But what happened to Jacob is he kind of got into a little wrestling match with God about this. And it lasted all night. And God broke him. And kind of put his body out of joint. And the picture is in Hebrews chapter 11 that it talks about Jacob honoring God in the book of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. Kneeling or holding on to his staff because he was out of joint and broken. I'm telling you, every one of us need to be broken in our flesh so that the spirit can... You know, if, if the flesh covers up everything, what's the fastest way to kind of get it to uncover stuff? It's a break it open, right? And that's a picture in the Old Testament of what God did to a man who was walking in the flesh who had a call on his life. He broke him. And when he broke him, his name was changed to Israel, and he did great things for God. But he had to get broken first. You know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, which, what is it, probably 25,000, you know, if you count all the women and children. He first, before there could be a miracle, he blessed it and did what with it? Broke it. And when they picked up the 12 baskets full, what type of pieces did they pick up? Broken pieces. Blessing comes after being broken. You want to get blessed? The flesh needs to be broken. Jesus at the Last Supper said this. This is my body which was broken for you. Fastest way into the kingdom and doing the kingdom stuff is to get broken. Give your life as a gift to him. Surrender all to him. That's the fastest way. I know of, to become like him. So there's some scriptures in the Old Testament because the Old Testament is a physical picture of the spiritual realities in the Old Testament. And I just want to read some of these scriptures to you in the Old Testament. And it begins with Deuteronomy because in Deuteronomy, he takes people, he's taking people into a promised land. Isn't he taking us into a promised land? 
In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 24 and 25 says this, And every place which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. From the wilderness of Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even the western sea shall be your territory. Everywhere where you put your foot, through Benzie County, through the Platte River, through Lake Michigan, come on, through northwest Michigan, shall be yours. And he goes on to say, it shall be your territory. No man will be able to stand against you. The Lord your God would put the dread of you and the fear of you upon all the land where you tread, just as he has said he would do for you. There's nothing that should be able to hold you back. Nothing should hold you back. No man, no person, no sickness, no disease, no heartache, no hurt, no circumstance should hold you back. And everywhere where your foot treads should become his kingdom property. Because after all, it's in earth as it is in heaven. So anywhere that I go, it's as it is in heaven. Right? Let's look at another verse here. Deuteronomy 28.6 says, Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, and they shall flee away from you seven ways. Hallelujah. Come on. That's who you are. That's a picture, the Old Testament picture of who you are in reality in the spirit now. Let's look at another one. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit has come on each of you to burn off all that is flesh. All that is flesh. And make you a mere image of the one true God. Where his kingdom rule rules through you. And it touches others. Come on, the original purpose has been restored. Man was put on this earth in a garden to multiply and be fruitful and expand that garden over the entire earth. And it isn't it so interesting that he put the devil and his fallen angels on this place and he's taken man to take that earth from what the devil and fallen angels thought was theirs. And guess what he did? Even when we fell in the garden, he went and got the keys back and says, Hey, guys, ladies, guess what? <laughs> I got the keys to the kingdom back. And the original purpose is back. And here's your job function. The kingdom come. On earth and in earth as it is in heaven. Go and multiply. Be fruitful. Disciple. Train them. Teach them. Baptize them. Lay hands on them and they'll recover. The original purpose is back, folks. And I want it back for you. I'm going to put my spirit in you. And my spirit will lead you into all truth and show you things to come. And he will show you things of mine. I'm going to give you the power to walk in that. I want you to go and be disciples of mine into Judea and into Galilee and into the uttermost parts of the earth. I want you to be disciples of mine in Benzonia and Beulah and Traverse City and Brethren 
and in this northwest area of Michigan and in Michigan and the United States and wherever your foot treads. And I want you to start taking back what the original purpose is all about. And I'm going to go away for a while. And I've given you your talents. Remember that story about the talents? I'm going to come back. I'm going to see what you've done with them. I've given you everything you need to get the job done. So go into all the world and make disciples. The greatest gift we can give is say yes to that and give him our flesh and receive all of the spirit of the living God in exchange. Let's all stand. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? I mean, it's nice to speak these words, but it needs to get down deep. And I'm just relying on you to touch each heart, mind, soul, and spirit here today. Demonstrate your word today, right now. Any area where there's been resistance in your life, Christian, he's here for you today. He's here for you today. Any area. Now, I've heard people say, well, I've been prayed by this person and that person. I've been done this, and I've been, this hasn't happened yet. Well, you know what? Today's your day. Today's your day. The Holy Spirit is here. Jesus Christ rules and reigns in this place. And everyone who was brought to Jesus was healed. And I believe that's true. And I believe that if there's any, any resistance in your flesh, that it can be broken today. Please. At this season, at this time, make yourself a living sacrifice to him, which is your reasonable service, what you're supposed to be doing. Give yourself over totally in every area of your life. If you've got a sin habit, if you've got an issue, come on, anything not done in faith is sin. Anything that takes you out of the kingdom is sin. Anything that's not of the spirit is sin. And you can call it whatever you want. But it's sin, and it's causing you not to flow. And that dam needs to be broken so the flow of the Spirit can flow through you freely. And I see the cracks and the fissures in that. I see it happening today. I see a church rising up into their purpose and destiny and taking an area for Christ. I saw when, um, again, Bill Johnson, I think, said it. He says, there's coming a day when a whole city will be taken by the church in that area, that church that's in that city, that whole city will be taken for Christ and for the kingdom. Well, today's that day. Today's that day for Cornerstone. Come on, we've had enough prophecies about it. It's time to do it. Come on, the flow that was painted up here that you'll see is going to be back up here in another way soon. That the flow that was up here, the prophecy of the living waters to flow out of this place and touch this area will happen, but it only happened through us. Through us. What are you going to do? What part will you take? Now I'm starting to preach what's coming in January. <laughs> Sorry, I'll try to calm that down. <laughs> it's coming through us. It's coming through us. The flow isn't through a building. The flow isn't through an organization. 
the flow of the Spirit is through you. It's in your innermost being, in your belly, will flow the river of the living God. And if it's not flowing, it's time to get it flowing. Come on, what a great, great exchange. You give yourself to Him, and He gives you all of Him. Let's make that exchange totally. Not just I'm not just talking about salvation. Because some of us have done enough to get there. I'm talking about all the way. Jumping in with both feet. How many want to jump into the river with both feet? Hallelujah. And see something exciting doing. Well, I'm going to invite you up. And just for prayer, I'm going to invite you up to make commitments. I'm going to invite you up just to talk to God about it. I want to invite you up to this altar. And instead of saying surrender some, we're going to basically at the altar say we're going to surrender all. So anybody that comes up, I'm going to say something. I say this in a nice way. Don't come up here to the altar unless you're surrendering all. 